Hello everyone, welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 150, Steve. Woo. Holy moly, Woo. we're almost as many episodes as Canada is years old. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> we're yeah, it's like 153. We'll, we'll, uh, beat, we'll beat it, we'll surpass it. Um, if you're not sure, and if you don't know what's going on, um, this is a weekly show, a podcast, it's a hot new medium, covering all the games <laughs> in Canada and the people who create them. We're coming at patrons uh, a day later this week. Uh, apologies, Steve was a little ill this weekend, and we were just both busy. Um, and yeah, so we're a day late for patrons, but everyone else, you're hearing this the normal day, so disregard that. Um, you feeling better now, Steve? Uh, a little bit. I had, like, this weekend, like, I, I injured my knee as well and just got sick that's such an old man thing to say you know what i injured my knee (laughs) dunking a basketball like dunking (laughs) as well so because i went for a jog and i used to be like 50 60 pounds heavier and i couldn't dunk Mm -hmm. and like my main motivation for weight loss was i wanted to dunk i'm like six foot six i couldn't dunk and i was like what the hell Mm -hmm. so i i uh i lost a bunch of weight but i haven't like tried playing basketball in a while because i i injured it like for for realsy two years ago Mm -hmm. and and stuff and so I went for a jog, and I went. I was uh, back home visiting my mom, and I was jogging at like my old grade school, and they have basketball nests there. So I was just like, I wonder. And then I jumped the highest I've ever jumped, and landed awkwardly on my leg, and then popped, oh, up, like no. messed up my knee. And I was like, well, there we go. So now it's oh jeez, it's not as bad, but I haven't really been able to. <laughs> I won't be jogging anytime soon. That's for sure. <laughs> or dunking. Or I will probably never want to jump ever again. <laughs> That's and, such a bummer. And then I got sick. Like I ate some old meat. It was just, uh, it was just a thing. And when you when you get Wait, sick, you ate old meat. Yeah, because we we went to visit my mom, and so there was old chicken in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And I usually, I usually play a little dangerously because I I hate wasting food. And oh, I'm, like, I'm with you. I'm like, ah, eh, you can just cook it, <laughs> and it'll kill whatever has been growing on it for the last no. couple of days. <laughs> so no. I, I did that, and uh, and then I got sick. Like. Like you know, later that day, and I was, and I'm guessing it was because of the food, because I felt I just went to bed and just felt better. So, oh jeez, yeah, my body kind of failed me this weekend, um, but it's fine. I mean, Ubisoft failed me too, and fails all of us. So, <laughs> oh wow, we'll get to that, Steve, <laughs> for hot topic this week. But as we always do, we want to open the show by thanking our major patrons, whom you can join over at Patreon.com/slash/KGameDevs. Backing us there gets you special two-day sometimes, except when Steve eats raw. And <laughs> I early access raw. to the episode. <laughs> a special channel on our Discord. Uh, occasional game key giveaways, event discount codes, and the knowledge that you're helping us keep the lights on. Uh, the the proverbial lights. My lights are off right now, actually. Because um, so are mine. Oh, we yeah, don't have so enough. Oh God, we don't have enough patrons. We need <laughs> we need a, like a dark light mode on the site. That's one of my favorite things when they have the light switch at the top and you can switch. Like there's actually a light switch that you click? Yeah, I think Game Informer has one or like one of those other gaming sites has one and it switches between dark and light mode like oh, on really? their page. Oh, let me, I want to check this out. It might um, be Game Informer because I, I love dark mode. It's speaking of our uh, Discord, we've added two new channels the last week as well. <laughs> Stonks and memes. <laughs> Stonks is a meme though, so should they really be different? I think so because I actually want to talk to people about investing, but everyone, but now it's just it's just kind of died, and now everyone's in memes. So yeah, what an old old man thing to say. I hurt my knee trying to dunk, and I'm <laughs> investing in stocks. <laughs> yeah, I got to pay for Sophia's school somehow, you know. That's true. I don't have anyone to pay for school for, so 
Not yourself either. Oh no, you you uh, you don't have student loans. I'm Gucci. Right? Oh. Gucci, Steve is what the kids say if you're good now. I, I, I'm aware. You taught me that <laughs> a couple hours ago. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm dunking on on Steve's age too hard. No doubt. Much like he dunked too hard this weekend. All right, there you go. All right, that's the last one. I've been playing <laughs> NBA 2K20. We could talk about that if you want. If you want to keep talking about this dunk thing. Well, we can talk about what we've been playing. I, I added it to my thing, so I, I I have never played an NBA game. This is the I've had maybe like four or five of the games. Actually, even mm-hmm. even longer because I I played like on PS2 like back in the day of like NBA 2K3 and stuff. Um, right. So I probably I probably played like six or seven of them and owned a few of them and the, and i've played this one for maybe two three hours and it's the most i've probably played any of those games really yeah it's it's pretty Why? good but i have there's certainly criticisms about it but you should play with me i could play with you yeah see there's canadian i'm sure a canadian worked on it or something there's well it was ea vancouver it's not ea mm. no it's two as it's, it's 2k Oh shit! Didn't EA have a basketball game though? It's NBA Live, and they kind of just keep killing it. And so they didn't really—they released uh, NBA Live 19, but um, but they didn't do 20. And I think when they delayed 20, they said they're focusing on NBA Live 21 for next gen consoles. So my, but they haven't like announced it yet either. So my hope is that it's just a next gen game, and it they right. really like spend some time on it. I doubt that's the case though, but. We'll see. I don't think they've announced it yet, though. I don't know if NBA 2K20... Or, you know, NBA 2K21 is announced, of course, but NBA Live 21, I don't know if that's, like, a thing, technically. Well, you know what is a thing, Steve? Uh, CanadianGameDose.com? And some events. Oh, yeah, plug For everyone. Coming up. First up, July 23rd, IDGA, which is the international... No, Steve, you wrote it down wrong. It's IGDA. The oh, International sorry. Game Developers Association Winnipeg Chapter is having a digital event. Uh, July twenty third. Tune in to Games We Love, a light lightning, a lighting talk series. It's lighting talk series. Oh, like lighting as in lighting in a game. That makes sense. Yeah. Nope. At the bottom, the first reply. Apologies. It's lightning talk, not oh. lighting. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. A whole miscommunication here on my part. But if you're interested in this lightning talk of Games We Love, it'll be streamed on Twitch.tv/igda underscore Winnipeg. Uh, you don't even need to be in Winnipeg, and it's probably better if you're not, because I hear it's cold there. And, it can't be uh, cold now. Uh, I don't know, maybe. Probably not as warm as it is in southern Ontario. Let's find out. It's 20 degrees right now. That's lovely. It's 21 it, here, and humid as hell. Yeah, it's actually what is it? it's. Yeah, it's been the humidity the last couple of days. It's been bullshit. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Steve. Next event, of course, we've been plugging these last two for a couple weeks. Game Dev Atlantic, this September 18th, 9 to 9. Uh, free, sign up, go to their Facebook, Eventbrite, check that out. And Game Devs of Color Expo, the next day. Uh, if you're a speaker, if you want to be a speaker, you can still do that. If you want to just grab a ticket so you can hang out and listen to people talk, you can do that too. Game Devs of Color Expo, at G-D-O-C-E, I think, on Twitter. Yeah, that's Um... Yeah, if you have any events you want us to plug going on, goings on in the game dev community near you, hopefully from a safe distance, head on over to our Discord or email us, contact at CanadianGameDevs.com, and we want to talk about it. Oh, one of the games they're going to talk about the, at the lighting thing is uh, Mark of the mm-hmm. Ninja. That is that is a game we love, Steve, here on the site. It is. I need to get back to oh, it, man. but yeah. Partly developed... No, I was looking at... No, that was a different game. Part, part of the Long Dark was developed in Edmonton or something. 
Oh, really? Which is interesting, because I thought it was just in Vancouver, but apparently one of the devs or one or a couple of the developers were in, in Edmonton or Calgary. I'm uh-huh. messing that up. Never mind. Forget I said anything. Remove it. Remove it. <laughs> fix, it in, fix it in post. Uh, fix it in post. Patch it like every game now. Flip the Old switch. Old Man Steve. So that, that's Old Man Steve in. Like, I say that. Like, I, I oh, hate I day see. one updates. Yeah. I, I just um, hate, like, yeah, like, I miss the day. I don't mind it, like, when it's just downloaded. When you know how you can, like, download the game before it's released or whatever? Yeah. Like I don't care about it. that, but, you know, I miss the days of, like, putting the disc in and, and then, like, just playing or whatever. And you don't get that from, like, all these games. Sometimes the day one DLC update shit is, like, like 20 or 30 gigs and it just takes forever. Mm-hmm. So. Especially if you have that Switch, was it 32 gigabyte on memory card you get at launch? Uh, yeah, I think the ba- I think the like the hard drive in the switch is only thirty two gigs minus like the OS, so it's like twenty eight gigs or something. Right. So disgusting. I don't know. Switch is dumb, anyways. Switch is pretty <laughs> dumb. Uh, <laughs> we usually would plug some jobs after the events, but we currently don't have any running on the site. Canuck Play has been tagging us in some of their jobs, but they haven't paid for any, so I guess we'll just say Canuck Play is hiring. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Um, but yeah, hit us up, can I play if you want us to plug it more aggressively. <laughs> we, we don't mind getting tagged. Just, just you know, we, we are running a site here. Yeah, this is bills to pay. Like the lights, yeah. we already mentioned how we don't have lights. All our lights are off. <laughs> they've, been, uh, they've been hyping up um, their next football game for release this fall too, so um, it's, looking, it's looking pretty sharp. Sharp. Sharp? Sharp. I don't know much about football. I know even less about Canadian football except that a lot less people care about it. But a lot of people care about Doug Flutie. They have max maximum traction in all these posts. People are getting really hyped, which is cool to see. Yeah, Doug Flutie is interesting because he kind of has a a history, a significant like aura in three different leagues. So in college, there's the Flutie Pass, which is like a huge Hail Mary Pass, which won a big game. And you could, if you just YouTube Flutie Pass, you'll see it's ridiculous. In the CFL, he won, like, he was one of the best quarterbacks ever. He he won, like, uh, he only played, like, two or three years here, but he, he won, like, the, the Great Cup. So there's a lot of, like, Toronto fans and stuff that are that love him. And I think he played in, mm-hmm. like, Alberta as well. Um, and then in the NFL, he played for the Bills, and he actually was, like, a winning, like, quarterback for them and kind of got screwed out of it. So he, he kind of has, like, I feel like he has a pretty, for not being, like, an amazing player, like, you know, he's not like he's Tom Brady or anything. Um, but he, he has like kind of an impact on like three different like levels of football. So I think that's why he has like kind of a pretty big aura around him, despite not being like as overly like amazingly successful quarterback. I'm watching this one. It's the miracle in Miami. He looks like he throws from like the 40 on his side all the way to the end zone. Oh yeah. He, he just chucks it and, and it makes it. And I think it's like, I mean, from the 35, it's like 1980-ish, probably, or late 70s. So, like, so what's that? That's 50, 25, 75 yards? And it won, uh, and I believe it won the game because they forgot. Holy out. moly. Yeah. I mean, those those throws, there's no skill in the aim he has, right? It's just the skill of like being able to throw that far and that high. Uh, yeah. it's, it's like sheer dumb luck because it happens quite often in football, and uh, it rarely works out. <laughs> so... This is a great catch, too. He catches it through, like, two defensemen, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. It's good. Flutie Pass, YouTube. Check it out. Uh, let's move on to the news, Steve. <clears throat> As everyone knows, 
Ubisoft had their forward uh, talk, but I think we'll just Ubisoft forward direct thing, not E3 press conference. We'll we'll save that to uh, you want you want hot take of the week that because I have I have some opinions, Steve. Oh, what a what a <laughs> what a shocker! Yeah, we can we can save that. I think it's worth yeah, it's worth it's a good discuss. It's going to be a good discussion. Um, but like we can we can save that because Ubisoft Toronto and Ubisoft Montreal like have a lot of big games coming out in the next little bit. So. But there's obviously they have a, a lot of big games. But there's obviously out. a lot of shit around Ubisoft and, and what's going on there. So we can we could table that one. We'll table that one. All right. Uh, first up, a game Steve really likes, and I have actually now played a couple oh, nice. minutes of. Emergent Fates is out now on iOS. Just iOS? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Just iOS. Uh, it's a JRPG inspired uh, turn-based uh, strategy game. Steve's been playing it. He likes it. I like it a lot. Uh, I jumped into it. It's another JRPG-style turn-based game, which is a genre I don't particularly enjoy, so I don't feel, you know, at, um, you know, don't take my opinion about the game. Uh, I really like the art style a lot. Yeah. Um, and to quote the old corny IGN review line, fans of the genre <laughs> will probably enjoy this game. Uh, I'm not a fan of the genre. So why don't you speak to it a little bit, Steve? It's definitely... It's definitely more traditional when it comes to mm-hmm. like the JRPG mechanics and stuff. There, I don't know if maybe some of the stuff kind of opens up a little bit farther, but there's not a lot of like customizations or like it is very like turn based There isn't they didn't really they didn't really tinker with that formula too much, which I appreciate. Right. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm not that much farther than I was last week, but I've been kind of dabbling. You know, with the phone games, right? You play every five ten minutes or so, so I'm a little bit farther. Um, still enjoying it. Still liking art style. Still liking the battle system grinding mm-hmm. out a little bit um it's good i think if you're a jrpg person you want like a legit like jrpg on your phone like it's definitely worth picking up so would you say it's legitness i don't is that another yum i don't understand legitness. <laughs> no i think that's like a mid-2000s thing uh, i don't i don't recall that one but uh sure if that means good and it does you know it sets out to make like a jrpg um inspired uh role-playing game and it it, it succeeds at that so I'm I'm quite enjoying it. I'm I've been in JRPG like heaven right now lately too. So I'm just in the mood for like this type of experience as well. So excellent. Check out Emergent Fates iOS. Do you know how much it is? It's like seven ninety nine US or Canadian. Uh, yeah, it's like eight fifty Canadian. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another game hitting store shelves this past week. Three seven two zero. To one, I guess you would read that three thousand seven hundred twenty to one. What are the odds you'll survive this asteroid feel? I have a bad feeling you only get a few parsecs before you're smashed by an asteroid and blown to pieces by an enemy ship. Available now on the App Store and Google Play. Uh, three thousand seven hundred twenty to one is an endless chase through an asteroid field. Dodge asteroids, avoid enemy fire, and collect power-ups as you try to beat your best distance. So is this like a roguelike? Are you trying to like? Or is it like it's just like a more arcadey? Um, see how far you can get. Yeah, I feel like it's more arcadey. See how like how many like sections you can beat. I'm actually going to play it live because I I've been mean to download it or whatever. It's free to play. Um, Maple Man- Mana is the developer of Canadian indie game studio run by Dan Curie. Uh, music by Dakota Saint Laurent, who I don't have a location for them, but I would assume it's probably local to them. In the age of the internet, though, you never know, Steve. 
Uh, it's free with ads. Um, so yeah. Oh, they're based out of Kitchener, the developer. Yeah. I'm enjoying this actually. This is good. I think I'm just in pri- Oh, what's this? Oh, I died. Excellent. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> what would you give it based on one run? It's definitely worth the download. It's free to play. Give it a shot. If it's like a, yeah. it's definitely just like an arcade, like a pixelated arcade one. I'm not sure what the 3720 is yet. I've literally only played 20 seconds of it, but I would recommend giving it a shot. Hmm. Maybe that's how many um, parsecs there are. Oh, maybe. I don't know. What do you mean? Maybe, like, you, maybe you can beat it. Like you can get to the end if you make it that far. Oh God. Maybe. I don't know. This is all skept- This is all uh, speculation at this point. It's 370 parsecs. Significant it's a one. I don't know. Uh, next bit of news today, Steve. Uh, Rogue Light, Light TE, survival horror Toxicant, uh, has got a early access release date of July 24th on Steam. This is developed by Cosmo Cat Games right here in Nova Scotia. Shout out to Cosmo Cat, active on the Discord. We see you. Uh, to celebrate the release, Adam will be playing through the game on Twitch, which you can follow them. Uh, with, they'll also be linking on their Facebook page. Uh, they've got a Steam Store page where you can wishlist the game now to get the classic Steam email when it becomes available. Uh, CosmoCat also has its own Discord where they'll be accumulating feedback on the game, and there's a new early access uh, trailer for the game. Um, I'm interested in this. It's got that, like... uh, I see a lot of these games kind of going for more retro horror... Um, which is like a genre I didn't really play because it's, 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 I think, inspired by a lot of like PS1 games. I think it's like that l- really low quality, not it's like purposely like fuzzy textures and such. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm watching this trailer and they're like pulling out like <laughs> this wayfinder in front of them, kind of like an alien isolation that like has your map and your vitals and stuff on it. Ooh, there's like you're going through like a mine. There's toxic waste barrels everywhere. Stuff's trying to kill you. It looks spooky. I, I'm. What I'm trying to see off, is it looks spooky. like it looks like you are holding like a stick or something, but I don't see them swinging. You got, you got a pickaxe you can use because you're like a miner, I think. Oh, okay, because he's not like, and he ran past his like zombie thing. So I was wondering if you can like, if it's sort of like um, uh, those games where you can't fight. I can't. I'm blanking on the on the one. Um, like Outlast. Yeah, like Outlast where you can't fight, but. But it looks like he can block at least. But hmm. I'm not sure. But yeah, early access. And uh, I always like to look at how long they plan on being early access. It's six months. So, you know, by early next year, you'll get the full release. But, you know, as we say, early access is kind of like a paid demo or whatever. It gets you, gets you in there a little bit cheaper. It gets you a little bit to help out the, the developer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it on the wish list this previously? Because I, I have it wish listed. I think we've talked about it. I don't know if I've. If I've done it on a wish list, this I might have though. Hmm. But you, you should definitely add it to your wish list. You, the the, the person listening to this, yeah. the one, toxic the one person, ant, is how you'd spell it. But I think it's supposed to be pronounced like toxic ant. Yeah. Um. And last bit of news today: uh, Curved Space is out now on Steam. This was on a wish list. This quite frequently, quite recently. Oh my goodness, Steve. <laughs> did you uh, combine frequently and recently? Or I think I think I did. My brain went faster than my mouth, you know. <laughs> space Warfing Arcade Shooter Curve Space uh, is out now on Steam. Wrangle interdimensional spiders and vote on the final boss's soundtrack before the final launch this fall. Ah, okay, so it's like uh, it's in open beta on Steam. Uh, 
Only by Midnight is the developer based out of Edmonton, uh, Alberta. You can check out Curve Space on Steam now, but the full game is launching this fall on Steam, Switch, PS4, Steve, and Xbox One. Yep. Uh, lucky PC players can get a first taste of the synthwave-tinged synth neon fun and help shape its future. Uh, there's also a demo available. Um, and you can head over to Only by Midnight's Discord channel to get access to the beta. So I kind of buried the lead there. Go join their Discord, and you can get into the Steam beta. <laughs> uh, but there is also a demo on Steam. And we have both added to our wish list free- recently. Oh my gosh, I almost did it again. <laughs> Holy moly. You, you liked this game. I remember we looked at the Steam page, and you were you said it gave you like super Stardust HD vibes. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Because you're like curving around 3D surfaces, and your like shots like curve with the the geometry of the levels. Yeah, when's when's it coming? Did you say when it's coming out? Sorry, coming out this fall on consoles and full launch on Steam. Yeah, because like it's been a while since there's been a Super Stardust, and that's the vibe that I that I get from this. But it's just like the levels are more interesting because it's like Mm -hmm. creepy little thing. I'm down with it though. I mean, Housemark isn't going to make any more. They've given up on arcade action shooter type games. Yeah, pretty much. I wonder if I should just kind of play the open beta. Just give it a shot. It's too late to sign up. Give some feedback. Is it too late to sign up? How do you sign up for the beta? Uh, you guys are on their Discord. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, I'll, I'll forward you the deets. We'll, we'll sort this out. I might out, not have been listening you... when you are talking before. <laughs> That's okay, Steve. As we saw at the end of a couple episodes ago, I sometimes aren't listening when you talk to me. And you tell us to make a TikTok. That's fair. All right, that's it for the news. <laughs> check out all those games and more. You know what other games you can check out, Steve? What's that? Oh. The three games in oh. our favorite segment, Wish List This. Every week, Steve, <laughs> except for this week when you pick two of them. I like to pick three upcoming Canadian-made games that you and the listeners can add to their wish list right now. This week, we have delicately selected three upcoming games, all on Steam, and... Let's go through these one at a time and and judge their Steam pages. First up is Monster Crown from Studio Aurum, Aurum, A-U-R-U-M, in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, It's coming out July 31st. Dive into a dark world where monsters rule and make packs with them to defeat an evil young woman seeking power. Hunt, battle, team, and breed monsters to create your own legacy. Together with your monsters, you can restore the balance to Crown Island. Interesting. It, I think it's Aurum. Yeah, it's it's a it's like a it's like a Pokemon type game, right? Yeah, it looks it looks uh, very stri- like very strikingly similar to like a Pokemon or like an SNES like Zelda or whatever. Um, this looks good. They follow you around and stuff. The this looks good, and you know what's in the Steam page description? Oh, Steve? gifts! I've even looked. Does it have gifts? lots of gifts? Ooh, lots there of you gifts, go, buddy. All right, so it looks like when you beat a monster, you like sign a contract with it, which feels better than Pokemon because you just like enslave Pokemon. Whereas, like, I would rather make a contract with the monster helping me. Yeah, Pokemon's kind of like deeply fucked up like that. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, you you can make different packs with the monsters too. So I wonder if you, they like negotiate <laughs> like vacation pay or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the monsters are like unionized or something? Maybe, maybe the the end game they unionize right before the boss fight, and you have to negotiate. <laughs> that uh, would be awesome. I would love that so much. Over two hundred monsters to create 
You can breed and fuse over 200 of the base monsters to create your own species. Oh boy, I don't know what's in the contract that lets you breed them with each other. That seems kind of... Yeah. Uh, there's also going to be online battling and trading. Ambitious. Ambitious, Steve. Uh, yeah. Make a pivotal decision that will drastically change the ending and post-game. Wow, this seems... Oh, that must be the unionization then. Huh? <laughs> that must be the unionization. Yeah, <laughs> you can either break the union or, or sign with them. It's up to you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this looks really dope. Like, if anyone who's kind of interested in like a Pokemon game or kind of an RPG, you know, collecting mon- like collecting monsters or whatever, like it looks pretty dope. I'm not crazy on the like battle screen, like how it looks. You know, like that's mm-hmm. like the sort of they're just like mere inches away from each other. Yeah, they're like side by side, whereas the Pokemon perspective is like there's supposed to be like a field between them almost of distance. Yeah, and really, it's like that's that's like such a minor little gripe. Like everything else about this game looks awesome. Like there's a GIF kind of showing what looks kind of like like the evolution or the merging of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm down. I wonder. Like it says 200. Oh, 200 base monsters. So the yeah, and then you can like fuse them to make like hybrid monsters. Yeah, so I wonder how many there are because that'd be crazy. Like 200 choose uh what, what's the what would the math be it'd be like 200 choose two is like a huge like that'd be a monstrous number so a monstrous number yeah exactly <laughs> all right steve i have to ask is monster crown on your wish list yes it is it's on mine too i just i just did it because you you did that this week so i can add it too oh that's fair i'm 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 going to move this sucker up a little bit too i i every now and then Ooh. i go through the the steam, the steam page and whatever and kind of yeah you know, adjust my wish list. Because uh, does that matter? Do you know? Like, if a game is wish list like number one hundred versus being no, number two. No, I actually don't know. I, I would assume not. Um, but I, I can't confirm. But I would assume not. Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> I might be wrong because it's been a while since I've had to do this sort of math. But two hundred mm-hmm. choose two, which I'm guessing is how many combinations there are, is just under mm-hmm. twenty thousand. So there'd be like twenty. That's assuming that... That's a lot of monsters. But does that include... Like, can you take... If that 200 is there, does that mean you could combine, like, two of the same? I don't know how that works. Anyways, there's a lot of monsters. More mm. than what Pokemon has, it seems. So take that, Pokemon. <laughs> Fuck you, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pokemon has its own own issues. And we're seeing the indie space pick it up. Like, Temtem came out... Was that this year? Or maybe it was last year? I don't even know that. And... Game. Oh, man. Temtem was... A huge thing it was like a huge blip for like a week i was seeing everyone playing it and they were trying to do what pokemon didn't do which have an interesting story with interesting characters and a competent online service and it from by all accounts from people i, I was reading they, they appeared to have achieved that mm-hmm. um so this seems kind of doing like the smaller 2d sprite version of that whereas temtem was going for like that more 3d pokemon sword and shield look mm. you know i like the because I like just the range of colors in here. Like, you're looking at this cave, and this like kind of there's like a cave, so it's like this light blue or whatever. It looks like mm-hmm. a, a darky forest thing, so things are kind of darker. And then, like, outside with, like, a whale or, like, a sea lion thing blocking a bridge and super bright. Like, I'm definitely enjoying kind of the art style of this. Plus, it looks like to be sort of like these cutscene-looking things, right? Like, there's, a, there's a, this girl, like, looking into a cave, and it's not the same. It's not like a sprite or whatever. It looks like kind of a... Sort of like the Celeste uh, cutscene, quote unquote. You know? mm. mm-hmm. That's my dog barking in the background, by the way. Which one, Benny or Rush? 
Rush is my dog. Benny is my cat. Oh, okay. So Rush is Rush is barking. Rush is barking. I'm probably barking at some other stupid fucking dog. I don't know. Dogs, man. Anywho, next game on wish list. This Steve is the last taxi from Zen Free Inc. in mm-hmm. Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Winnipeg, uh, release date coming soon. <clears throat> You are the last human taxi driver in a desperate future where the last remains of civilization are propped up by surveillance, automation, and human modification. The hours are long and the pay is terrible, but hey, at least you have a job. <laughs> wow, too real. Is this VR? This looks like VR again. It is VR, yeah. Okay, yeah. Looks great. I, I'm digging this. When a fatally wounded member of an anti-tech cult leaves you with what appears to be an undocumented infant, you're thrust into a dark network of secrets, unraveling conspiracy, that could shake the progress point to its core. Wow, why isn't that the lead? That's so interesting. (laughs) Make that, like, because I was just reading the the description under the capsule. Yeah. But, like, the very first sentence of the about on the Steam page. (laughs) So you just get this undocumented child... When you're, you thought you were the last human alive, but then there's another one. Wow, there's so much in that sentence to unpack. The Last Taxi is a multitasking VR cab adventure where the choices you make lead the city in dramatically different directions. Kind of, um, what was that movie with Tom Cruise or whatever where, he, where there's a taxi driver and he's driving around and shit? Oh, it's... Tom Cruise? Yeah, I think it's Tom Cruise. And it's well, like, it's just like Taxi Driver, which is like Robert De Niro. No, Collateral, Collateral. It's kind of like, I mean, uh, okay. that's what I think of. It's not really like Collateral, but it's just like, you're, I guess you're a taxi guy who probably doesn't set out to like change the city and it looks like you're going to be changing the city. Um, yeah, the, the when I read that, I, I didn't read that first sentence either. I just read the description. So I kind of got mm-hmm. the vibe of like a job simulator type yeah. of game, but, but taxi driving, like, but it doesn't yeah. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it's that at all, or maybe it is no, that. This, but uh, it's at apparently the same time. a narrative. Narrative driven is a big part of the uh, description. There's also gifts too. Yes, gif singular, but I'll take it. Oh no, the top one's a gift too. Yeah, there's snowfall. The world in the future, you got what you asked for: flying cars, unlimited time for hobbies, and the unlimited hybrid what hybridization of human and machine, or was it just flying cars you wanted? Regardless, life in Progress Point is going pretty great. As the only standing city, we survived environmental and economic collapse because no one from the past changed their, their small but destructive habits. Ouch, ouch. <laughs> What's it trying to say here? <laughs> this is essential. What was that other game? Like the trailer for Hyperscape at the Ubisoft thing did that, where it was like, oh man, we'll get, we'll get to that. Anyway. <laughs> You're just itching to shit all over yourself right now, aren't you? The last taxi, Steve, is it on your wish list? Yes, it is. It's on mine too. Plan release date coming soon. I don't know if we, I don't know if we mentioned that by the way. Next, the last game for wish list this this week, Kickstarter success Zoria from Mad Life Divertissement in Montreal, coming February 2021. Two goddesses, one fallen the other trying to help. The fallen one can only navigate the world by staying in shadows, while the other can help by moving the sun. Travel this vast world to find the powers of Aizu together. Um, so we, we did cover this game when it launched its Kickstarter and successfully reached their goal. Uh, it's a co-op game, a uh, split screen, kind of like a way out, actually, with the black bar in the middle, kind of like cinematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the like 
person in the blue hoodie and then the person in like the pinkish hoodie. Oh kind of right, like ice climbers. Yep. Um, By the and, way, Zoria yeah. Zoria Z O R Y A because there's a game called Z O R I A which I thought was oh, okay. It's yeah, like don't R- mix that up. Yeah. Zoria Z O R Y A. Although that other one looks pretty sweet, but I don't know if it's Canadian, so fuck it. But Zoria yeah. Z O R Y A looks is completely different from what I was just looking at, but still really cool. 2017 Ubisoft Montreal Best Game Prototype at their Game Lab competition, mm-hmm. winner of ESAC's. 2017 best student video game grand prize winner uh yeah so it looks like this uh this what started as a sort of a student puzzle tech demo has blossomed into a kickstarter success game nice you love to see that i like this like this weird chris like the the santa claus looking guy you know the blue he's wearing the blue or whatever i guess yeah they can only be in the shadows whereas the other person's moving the sun that's kind of cool i like that I that's a really th- cool like I, gimmick. Yeah, is there? I don't. I feel like that's such a simple gimmick that hasn't been done yet. Like fast forwarding time and stuff. No, well, no, no, no it's like, not really time. It's like no one one character kind of only being in the shadow, the other one being in the light, and then working together to to kind of do that. Huh. I feel like that's I can't such think a. Of one. I can't think of one either. But anyways, looks pretty dope. Co op campaign too. So you, can, it's not just like so. There's there's this like. Um, what what do you those places where like witches summon things like on the ground that like glows? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, um. <sighs> it's like a, you know, it's like where they cast hexes and stuff, and like it's like the glyphs on the ground. There's like one of those that's like bright yellow, and that moves around, and that's the point from which you change the sun's uh, position in the sky, so you can like move it around. And then start moving the sky from that point. There's like a beam of light, like a god ray. Yeah. And then you move the sun. It's pretty cool. I like it. I like it too. Zoria, February 2021, Mad Leaf Diversitismal in Quebec. I gotta ask Steve, is Zoria on your wish list? Yes, it is. Delicious. That's it for wish list this, this week. Thank you so much to all the games. And if you want to get your game on wish list this, and you are a studio in canada or a canadian developer abroad or any you know combination of the above send it to us we want to talk about it contact canadiangamedevs.com twitter discord facebook dms however tiktok DMs. text send, make me a tiktok BB, yeah. bbm no don't bbm me i won't get it <laughs> what's that's the only one i won't get whatsapp what's the what's that other whatsapp thing the the one that's like that china uses or people from china use Cause it's like it's WhatsApp. They use WhatsApp in China. Do they? I what? thought they had their own different one. Because WhatsApp is Facebook, isn't it? And Facebook is no Messenger's Facebook. Who owns WhatsApp? I thought WhatsApp was Facebook. Oh what? shit! It is. Yeah, Facebook owns everything. What's the other one? Telegram? No. I don't know. Heather would know because her I'm friend. Because at... she had to download it to talk to her friend. I'm looking at other like you know how Google like does the other ones at the top. Share it, Viber. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Steve's gonna get to the bottom of this. I have never used WhatsApp, but oh, really? I know lots of people who do use WhatsApp. I joined uh, this app, this fasting app, um, called Fastic or whatever, mm-hmm. and they you know they have this thing where it's like join the like a group and motivate each other blah 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 that kind of bullshit and mm-hmm. uh, and like 
I thought it would just load a group like in the app, but it just creates like a WhatsApp group <laughs> and just like ties everyone together. But WhatsApp, you need like a phone number. So you get people's phone numbers. So I had all these people from this, like it's like 10 people. And I was like, this is, I don't want to talk. I don't want these people on my phone like at all. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. I'm like, why don't you guys just make a group chat in your app? Like it's probably one of the easier things. If you can make an app that tracks like timers and shit, you could definitely make a group chat app. Anyways, that's my random little little thing before we get to your little bitch fest. <sighs> don't don't <laughs> say it like that. I think a lot of the grievances against Ubisoft are genuine. And with that, I guess we'll segue into hot take of the week. Ubisoft admits dozens of people being forced to resign or stepping down due to hundreds at this point of sexual assault and abuse allegations over the past two or three weeks of this sort of massive Me Too movement in the gaming scene here, uh, held their pseudo E3 conference Ubisoft Forward on Sunday, which was an hour of um, pre-recorded video of different you know hosts and Yves himself uh, talking about the games they're working on, and then lots of new trailers and quote-unquote gameplay trailers, although I am still skeptical. Until I see someone holding a controller or at a mouse and keyboard playing a game, I never trust gameplay trailers, but really? that's an aside. Oh. Really, because if you've seen any of those, like, um, well, there's that famous one. It's got like five million views of like Ubisoft E3 trailer <laughs> versus final game. That you really just need to watch once to never trust another trailer. Right. Hey, Steven. Yeah. What's up? Can we put a pause on this? Because Heather. Can yeah, we can put a pause on this. Yeah. One second. Joining us first time on the podcast, Steve's daughter. That's right. Oh yeah, it is her first time. Yeah, she's being a little fussy, <laughs> and there's a. Uh, I don't know what it is about me, maybe because I'm just like much bigger than my wife, but she loves sitting on my lap and is a Aww. little bit more calmer on my lap. But we'll see if that's true here. So if you hear random baby noises like that, it's just my baby. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, she, she joined us for the spiciest section of the podcast. Oh, she heard we were going to talk about Ubisoft and just like, let me get in on this shit. <laughs> All right. So with that pre text or i guess the context of when this conference or little live stream took place with all this going on like the head of ubisoft toronto ubisoft montreal being pushed out head of hr being pushed like like the dominoes are falling wasn't there like chief operating officer or something yeah like the chief creative director i think yeah ubisoft left was forced to resign like big big players being shuffled out of the company i mean good right like they all like this sort of stuff when it's across this many departments and this many studios and and whatnot that's Mm -hmm. like a that's like a catastrophic failure on all parts and should like go up as high as it possibly can now the guy's not gonna the eves is not gonna like resign um but like i think jason schreier said that like that one guy who's chief creator like he would he could have done i don't did he do something himself or was or was he that's the one thing that i'm i haven't granted i haven't like looked into it this much Mm -hmm. but i don't know who's resigning out of the fact that they failed to like act on stuff like how the Mm -hmm. hr people are kind of leaving because they were told stuff and who's resigning because they actually did things Mm -hmm. i don't know if we'll if we do know or if it's just like they just resigned but that's one thing so um yeah, anyway, so Sergey Haskowit was uh, a powerful creative force per Jason Schreier at the company and the man at the center of multiple different allegations involving abuse, 
uh, resigned. Um, top Ubisoft executive Yanis Malat, head of all Canadian studios, and yeah, Cecile all, yeah. Cornette, head of HR, also left. Uh, Jason says this is a huge deal for Ubisoft. Hes- Heskowit was the man in charge of all of their games across all their studios. One word, he could greenlight or cancel any project. Many Ubisoft employees believe he was too powerful and too close to the CEO ever to be ousted, no matter how many allegations emerged, but he's gone. Imagine if he so, was he was uh, stopping a Splinter Cell game from happening this whole time. I'm sure I'm sure many interesting <laughs> games came across his desk that would be way cooler than anything they announced on Sunday Ooh. that he canceled. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, should we still should we, bitter about UBR? Should we just run through the announcements here? And yeah, do you do you have things? them? I don't have them in front of me, but I, I have a little list here in the doc. I'll start. They opened with Watch Dogs Legion, of course, their next big game in the Watch Dogs franchise, uh, with a release date October 29th. Uh, I still think that the Cyberpunk 2077 new release date of November 19th is the launch day of the Xbox Series X because they've partnered with Xbox so closely. That's mm. my working theory, Steve. Um, I don't think any of the next-gen consoles will be out by October 29th, so I feel like this is going to be another Black Flag situation where it launches on current gen and then two or three weeks later comes out on next gen. Yeah, did they announce if they're doing the, the smart delivery shit or whatever? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I feel like because Phil Spencer came on to say that for a game, and I know they for Valhalla. It. He said it for Valhalla, uh, and I know, and I know it came out afterwards about Far Cry Six. Free upgrade. I'll check quick. I assume if they do it for one game, they'll do it for all of them. Yeah, yeah. So per Games Radar, uh, Watch Dogs Legion will get a free next gen upgrade on Series X and PS Five. If you buy Legion or on PS Four or Xbox One, you'll get a free upgrade. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that uh, yeah, pretty much all the games they announced here, if they're coming to both, you get buy it on one, you get it on the other for free. Actually, I don't know if it works backwards. I don't know if anyone cares, but oh yeah, that's a good point. I think they showed. <laughs> by the way, we were talking about like I was talking about how I was just confused on how that stuff's going to work. They showed mm-hmm. I think Far Cry Six box art, and it yeah. actually says like Xbox One and Xbox Series X on it, and then it had like a big ugly green sticker that said like optimized for Xbox Series X or something along those lines. Mm. That's my baby being upset. Um, I don't know what you what do you think of Watch Dogs Legion? Did, you weren't that crazy about it, or um, I think I think the systems they're they're playing with are really interesting like this play as anyone gimmick or like tagline that's going i say gimmick too much uh you gotta call me on it steve uh the the play as anyone pitch is is interesting uh because presumably and they showed a bit of this in the trailer that means any mission you start there has to be lines for that person so like they had the old lady sit down at the computer they had the soccer guy sit down at the computer to like accept the mission and they had a, a voice line that means there has to be one of those voice lines for every single character in the game you can start that mission as and there has to be that for every single mission in the game like the scope of this is massive yeah i wonder like the limitations of it because like does the the line that the granny says is that just like the old woman line you know if there's like an older it it was the same line just by the different voice actors right so what i'm sorry what i mean is like that voice actor is she the voice actor for like all the old women and they just like (laughs) sort of like you know, tweak the voice a little bit to give it an accent or something like that, so that they're not paying. Maybe they're not paying for like five hundred voice actors. I'm I'm assuming they're they're gonna try and do as many voices with as few people as possible. Pull the Simpsons. Yeah. Um. 
I, the issue I had with Legion was that uh, like short movie film they did at the start because they took Martin Nimoller's uh, first they came poem, you know the oh, first yeah. they came oh, for the whoever, and I didn't say anything because I wasn't a whatever. Yeah, it's a poem about the Holocaust. Yeah, first they came for the communists, and I said nothing because I'm not a communist. Then they came for the whatever. Then they came for yeah. the Jews, and I was I didn't say anything. And then by the time they came for me, there was no one left to say anything or something along those Exactly. Line. Yeah, and then they worded Very it powerful, to like famous poem. <laughs> and they took that and made it about Watchdogs Legion. And oh. It's this guy in a Cockney British accent. He's like, first they came for the street artists, and I didn't say nothing because I wasn't <laughs> a street artist. And I'm like, holy shit, this is extremely tone deaf and really the amount of people this had to get past to get made is quite embarrassing uh, in my opinion yeah it was uh it wasn't great <laughs> i don't know what else to say of it other than just being completely tone deaf especially like nowadays right like people are more like politically charged more now more than ever and it's just like what what do you think was going to happen when you did this did you think people would think you're like honoring the poem or something or like you're really comparing? I don't know. Like what? What like is? I, I genuinely want it because it's a famous filmmaker. They they credit it at the bottom. And oh, is it? Yeah, it was like this is a short film by whoever, whoever, mm-hmm. and it was like right, a, apparently just... a big deal. But like, dude, this is a poem about the Holocaust, and you're trying to sell a open world game with pre-order bonuses. Like, come <laughs> on. With the dog. So that or left no, the, a, the Far Cry's the admittedly dog, right? a bad taste in my mouth, right? Like. Bad first impression for this whole thing for me. Yeah. It, I thought... Uh, that's just Sophia uh, trying to sleep. Um, I thought... Welcome to quarantine. Um, I liked <laughs> I liked what I saw from it. But the because they said nothing about the allegations that are going on... And like I said, like I haven't really been following it since the last, like, last podcast when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know... like really what's going on other, other than just the random tweets that I see, but, like, mm-hmm. that just left a bad taste, like, during the whole presentation where I'm like, this London stuff is cool. It, I feel like it should be a multiplayer game, though, because, like, you basically just have classes. Like, mm-hmm. so why don't why can't you just have, like, four people trying to do a mission where everyone has, like, their own stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I like the idea of, like, exploring a futuristic London. Like, I thought that was cool, but everything that was going on in my head, I was just like, Ubisoft, you guys are, like, fucked right now. Like, you guys are just having the rough time, and you don't even take this opportunity to just give a message at the start to just mm-hmm. acknowledge what's going on because it's pre-recorded. Like, come on. Like, you could have... Yves probably has, like, the greatest phone alive right now. He could have just gone on and just said what, like, some press release shit that could have been whipped up in, like, an hour. And mm-hmm. I would have, I would have just, like, felt so much better about it because I'm kind of, like... At the point where I'm like, I love Ubisoft games. I've platinumed, you know, quite a few of them, and I've been enjoying them. But like, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I kind of want to put my money where my mouth is, and just like, depending on how they handle this whole situation, not support them. And it's really tough because you know, like people will say on Twitter, like, and we know a few, like, there's a lot of people who are working on these games. I like these games. Like, I like Watch Dogs mm-hmm. Legion. It looks pretty good. Far Cry Six. I'm a huge like. I love Far Cry, but like, just the whole time I was watching this, I'm like, you guys are just. This is like you're this is the most tone deaf presentation that I've ever seen ever, ever. <laughs> like they, 
Like they even just, the content of the of the Watchdogs gameplay of like riot police beating protesters. Yeah, that's given what, the past two months. Like, yeah, that's you what can't I, separate that from what's going on. That's what I mean. Like even when like activate uh, when Blizzard had their shit with China and, and they had their shitty thing. See, Sophia's not too happy about this either. <laughs> Sophia's just as upset as you are. <laughs> um, they at least said something and acknowledge it and stuff, and and then they didn't like. You know, they didn't then just like show games that are pretty politically motivated. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's just so weird watching it and being like, oh, I like this and I like what I'm seeing and I, normally I would mm. buy it, but in, depending on how they handle this situation, you know, I, I might just kind of move on. Like I might just like, you know, we'll we'll do the stuff for the site because this is Ubisoft Toronto working on it, Ubisoft Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might just kind of move on. I really hope Sophia's lines don't <laughs> come off that much. <laughs> I think it's endearing. And uh, actually, speaking of Jason Schreier, I listen to his podcast, and he's recording from home, and there are baby noises in the back of a... Even the top journalists, Steve, have baby noises in the back, so let okay. that be consoling. Okay, good. I don't... So, yeah, um, like, how do, like, how do you feel about all this stuff? Oh, it's okay, buddy. How do you feel about everything that's kind of, like... Like, like you're, because you've been chirping on our Discord quite a bit about it being not political <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, what are your thoughts on both what you saw of Watch Dogs, but also just like the tone deafness? Hey, see, because games like Hearthstone and and the Blizzard games and like those are very easy to abstract from the real world and like, oh, it's a card game about like fantasy World of Warcraft characters. But yeah. Watch Dogs Legion is positioning itself in the marketing and trailers as a post-Brexit United Kingdom run by an authoritarian state with mass surveillance and a corrupt government and a people's movement trying to overthrow that authoritarian state. That premise alone, in 2020, the year that is 2020, you can't divorce that from what's happening in the real world. Even yeah. if you wanted to, you can't. I know. No, I know. It's like... And all of their games are like that. Like, the Assassin's Creed games, the modern day, like, of Sturgo Company is, like, a parody of, like, Google or other big tech companies. And even the way they comment on, like, historic events, you know, there's 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 politics there. The game literally... The first game takes place in Jerusalem, okay? There's politics there. Far Cry, it, they're always, like, not quite a real city, like... What was it? Well, Far Cry 4 was like not Tibet, Tibet, and like Far Cry 3 was some Latin American country. Yeah, and Far Cry, Far Cry 6 is, they said it's inspired by Cuba. Why not just set it in Cuba? I don't understand. <laughs> but these games are so, so relevant and connected to our real world. You, you can't, and they constantly say, and it bothers me. And I, I talked to the Kate Tremblay at EGLX last year. And the PR person was right there. As soon as I asked, like, how can you say Watch Dogs Legion is apolitical when the trailer opens with in a post-Brexit UK? And they were like, can't comment on that. I'm like, okay, so there's just, there's not even a, a willingness to engage in a conversation about the material in these games. And that's extremely frustrating as someone who likes to, like, talk about games and tease apart what they're saying about us and about the settings and characters they take place in it was extremely frustrating in that moment and it's just continued so that's that's like where my head's at with Watch Dogs Legion they are obviously making a political game they're making a game with a lot of things in it that are happening in the real world right now they're making it amidst 
huge studio culture role disruption and layoffs and like resignations and air quotes but like it was like get out or get fired yeah oh man it's it's so much like how do you even begin to piece it apart if you just look at the i'm interested in the play as anyone system i think it's extremely ambitious and the scope of that is huge if they can pull it off really cool clint hawking directed far cry 2 and is working on this he's got the he's got the resume for it you know and uh some of the developers i've talked to at ubisoft toronto really look up to him and, and uh really you know follow his vision for the project um kate tremblay the person we interviewed has since left uh being the narrative designer on legion so i don't know if that shook things up a bit but um the the direction seems to be in a good place from a gameplay and systems perspective which is all some people care about um from a pr and you know feeling perspective it's just a mess I know. And they used a poem about the Holocaust, Steve, to try and sell you a video game that's going to have four collector's editions and fucking in-game transactions. Oh, my God, Steve. <laughs> I think, like, because, like, it's the whole, like, they're saying they're not political or whatever because it's the whole, uh, you know, uh, Republicans buy shoes, too. Like, they don't want to, like, shit all over people who are pro-Brexit. Because mm-hmm. they need their money and they don't want to shit all over but, Steve, Trump people because they need Trump money. That's why, like, you know. But, so, Steve, this post-Brexit world is a mess. There's riots and explosions and terrorists. By <laughs> setting your game in a post-Brexit UK and having it be a complete disaster, you are stating. <laughs> no, I know. Th- but, like, but they're not like, that won't get a article in in a news, in like a don't really read newspapers anymore but like a website that says like newest ubisoft game shits all over whoever i don't know the brexit like politics whoever like it's pro brexit or whatever nigel farage sure so they're not johnson like the way they set it up like won't have that thing and like that kind of news article and that's what they're trying to avoid but they're Mm -hmm. like the and that's fine like but the way they're messaging it is just like not fine at all like you could still be political but like not take a stance and just be like this is a story we're 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 telling um but the, the way no, they're messaging I, I around I think it every every game with themes like this is going to have a sta- stance quote-unquote i would argue multiple stances because it is informed by the opinions and beliefs and and creative vision of the people who create it like the game won't maybe say on a big poster somewhere boris johnson's an idiot but <laughs> when you set your game in a real-world location based on real-world events and have stories play out there with characters like we're seeing, it's going to have stances and it's going to have um, you know players who maybe aren't as into this as you or I who sit down for this like, oh, post-Brexit UK, oh, shit looks bad. There's terrorists blowing up buildings and <laughs> the whole society is falling apart. You can't not take something away from that. And in that way, I think trying to market as apolitical is futile. Um, yeah, that's no, fair. And like people, and and um, in our Discord, I'm uh, I, I was having a couple. I wouldn't say heated. I would say spicy, spicy conversations with people about this game. And someone's like, they have to do that because it won't sell if they're if they're like commenting on a real thing. And I think the existence of Grand Theft Auto V and it being the most successful video game ever while shitting on every facet of the American life 
just proves that not true. Like the FIB is the FBI. You just bust in there and kill everyone and make fun of it. Like the Hollywood stars and Vinewood is like that whole game is saying something about the people and organizations they're sat- satirizing. And I think it's great for it. And I, I really love all of that. Um, and, and they never try to say in their marketing, like, oh, Grand Theft Auto, we're not trying to step on any toes. We just present a world and let the players experience it. No, no, no. They lean into it in every trailer. And, and Michael's voice always like, oh, America, you love it and you hate it. And it's like stuff like that. And it's like you can do a game that says something and make billions of dollars off it. And I, I wish Ubisoft wasn't so cowardly. I'm going to say the word cowardly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've been talking a lot about Watch Dogs Legion. Let's do, run through the rest of these announcements sure. so we don't lose everyone who... If you're still listening, thank you for bearing with us and me. All right, composed Steve. Tom Clancy's hashtag Elite Squad, uh, which kind of just looks like... Kind of just looks like mobile... It's like Ubisoft's Fortnite, like even down to the art style. Like it's a third-person multiplayer... I know, I'm getting, and I'm going so fucking sick and tired of them throwing Sam Fisher and everything except for a new Splinter except Cell game. Except a new Tom Clancy <laughs> game? <laughs> yeah, like, just just give me a Splinter Cell. Like, the last one was Blacklist, which I actually didn't get a chance to play mm. from, like, what, seven years ago now? Yeah, I have it. I, I have it on PS3. I don't think it ever came to anything else. Uh, no, it was just, it was on Wii U. I actually, sorry, I did own it. I bought it on Wii U uh, and didn't really play it. Um, Wait, you bought a game that was available with trophies on a on a Wii U? Well, I didn't have a PS3 at the time. Uh, bummer. And I have a PS3 now, so I could actually like try to find a used copy somewhere and buy it. But mm-hmm. um, it would just be easier if A, the PS4 could play PS3 games, or B, was on PS Now. But it's, mm. neither of those things are true. So anyways, it's been it's been too long. And I'm, I don't know. I saw that then. I was just like, eh, whatever. I'm not going to play it. Same with the Hyperscape or Space or whatever. All right, but, but before we get there, oh, Elite sorry, Squad, sorry. Tom Clancy's Elite Squad is a 5v5. Um, it's got a player versus player as well as a campaign mode. Uh, the campaign mode has a Tom Clancy storyline. Uh, there's characters in this game from Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon, The Division, and Splinter Cell. It's a mobile game. Uh, here they got an iPad and a phone on the site here. Um, you can pre-register to play the beta. Um, if you pre-register, you get the gun or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's very, very <laughs> Fortnite-style I'm like even down to the, like the art style and the combat give me Fortnite vibes. There's yeah. no building or, or anything, but it's like I think they're trying to ape that. To be honest, I kind of completely forgot about the game other until you just mentioned it. Mentioned it. So. <laughs> um, they talked a bit about Siege. They've hit 60 million players. I, is Siege the best performing? Ubisoft game at the moment? Like it has to be 60 like million, huge. probably. Yeah, 60 million. Jesus. 60 million, I wrote it down as it came up, which sure. uh, they have just opened a Canadian league for the esports this year's first season. Uh, they're doing a North American Open with six teams from Canada and a couple more teams from the States. Um, it's it's huge. And uh, they had a little montage of all their fans cosplaying, playing uh, the game at uh, tournaments and stuff. I saw EGLX in there. Shout out to EGLX. Yep. Um, and yeah, they had the, they reminded everyone that the the new characters out and yeah. Uh, after that, we got a new Hyperscape trailer as well as the beta available now. It's gonna have be you, free to play. Have you played any more of Hyperscape or? Not since the tech or the the alpha tech alpha tech or whatever the technical de- beta or 
whatever the first thing was, we had to like get a drop on a Twitch stream. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. It's and this was the trailer I was talking about earlier. <laughs> like it's like uh, the year is 2070 or whatever. But but like let's back up and it like rewinds to 2020. It's like the world's being polluted and like overpopulation and and dictatorships and all this stuff. And it just got too bad. And it's and then it fast forward and. But then one company, and it's like kind of like a Google or Apple parody, made this device that lets you teleport into the the escape verse, the hyperscape, and uh, it, and fight for the crown that gives you something in the real world. It's like Ready Player One. It's the premise of Ready Player One. Yeah. Except the battle royale. Thanks, Google. And yeah, thanks, Google. It's like every match is one Ready Player One, where everyone's fighting for the one crown thing to get the thing in the real world they want. Um, and yeah, so there's beta available now for everyone. Uh, the beta has a free battle pass, which was interesting. Like if you play the beta, you just, they're probably like testing out the battle pass and you can get all the levels still and unlock shit. And then I assume like the launch battle pass will cost money. Yeah, sure. That's pretty cool. Um, But that was a, that was a cool, I haven't seen a game do that yet. Valorant did that thing I mentioned where all of the things you bought during the beta, they gave you back the money you spent on that times two times when the two. game launched. Yeah. It was interesting. But this, all your stuff will carry over uh, to the full game. So yeah, if you just want to hop in, get the beta and that free Valve Pass, check it out. You can do that, Hyperscape. Then we got Valhalla, the first... And it was interesting that they said Valhalla gameplay, like your first look at Valhalla gameplay, because then what was the gameplay reveal I know. a couple <laughs> weeks ago? So like I, we- I, I caught that. I was like, why are you saying first gameplay when you already had the first gameplay thing that didn't actually have any gameplay in it? But whatever, it was kind of funny. And I wonder if they had to reshoot the developer interview of this scene because... I, I got to imagine they did for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would assume so. Because, like, the dude went on to Xbox and, like, was the yeah. person, right? So, like, they would have him. The creative director, Ashraf Ismail, had to step down after, um, what's the polite word for cheating? Uh, well, he had an affair. He had, he, had, he had multiple affairs, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, well, one confirmed by him and uh, several other alleged con- affairs. And so he stepped down. And I, I bet his bit was already recorded for this, and they probably had to just grab somebody else and get them to record it. Which is why it's so bullshit about the whole pre-recorded thing from before, because mm. they already had to do that, <laughs> you know. And yep. Anywho, <laughs> and I we hate, got a release date. I hate thinking this too because I did notice that it felt like that they showed quite a like a decent amount of women as well, and I kind of I hate yeah. thinking this, but I was like, are you guys doing this because of all the shit that's going on too? Like. Like I'm, I'm not trying to say that they weren't like worthy of of being this big marketing piece or whatever, good mm-hmm. at the drops. I'm not trying to say that at all. I just mean like mm-hmm. I was just because of they didn't mention anything. I was just like, are you? Is this why this girl is on? Why these people mm-hmm. are on the show? Because like this is a marketing piece. Like you're, like they they plan this shit for like hours and hours and hours. Like mm-hmm. there's not an accident. I don't know. I was that was just like a whole nother thing to it. You know, Steve, I didn't think about that, but the hyperscape section was the lead artist who's a woman talking about the character designs, then Watch talking them. about Siege or Watchdogs, I think. Watchdogs Legion. Sh- it was uh, Yeah, they showed a woman at her desk and she was like, I'm s i am I love seeing the things I make get into the game. It, like it's such a fulfilling job and I, I really love it and it makes me so happy to come to work every day. Yeah. Like now that you mention it, like like the whole point of this is to make you feel good about Ubisoft and want to buy into the brand. And right? I just I just not, got a weird yeah. 
feeling about it. And I'm like, what she's saying could be true. Like, she could love her job, but I was just like, this is... I think it is both. I think it is... There are really passionate female developers at Ubisoft who have climbed the ranks. They're now lead artists on Hyperscape, making characters that millions of players are going to play. And it's also looks good to Ubisoft have a bunch of women in their press-facing live stream. Yeah. I, th- I think both are true at the same time. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the Valhalla stuff? Did you... I like the idea of uh, the, the base building where you take stuff back and build it. It reminds me of the homestead in Assassin's Creed 3, which was a, 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 a really cool thing in that game I liked a lot. Oh, did, um, did 3 have that? Because I, I was thinking of that, but with 2, how you have the... I forget what... Oh yeah, all of them have like a kind of space you upgrade, but the but three had like you had to get like pelts and stuff, and actually like you would build like buildings as part of your homestead, like the, and then you would be able to go to those places after they were built. And this feels like it's that, but like dialed up a bunch because you're like, I didn't see any like you're not placing the buildings kind of like a, like a map editor. Like it looked more just like you were unlocking things as you went along, but it might have that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I mean I like that kind of stuff. So that was what got me excited. <laughs> Dual wielding shields <laughs> was absurd and very funny to me. The idea of like, hmm, you're looking at all of your axes and you're like, two shields. And you just run in and just start <laughs> bashing people with shields. <sighs> That's funny, Steve. Objectively, like, have you? Because I know you've kind of gone back to a couple of Assassin's Creed games. Have you enjoyed mm-hmm. Odyssey and uh, Origins, or? Or just kind of like, no? I, I tried to play, because I, I went back earlier this year when um, quarantine started and got finally got the Platinum Trophy in Brotherhood. And I found the same audio bug in Brotherhood and Rogue where, and I, I looked it up online, it's like a common PS3 bug for the game. It's like, none of the dialogue in cutscenes plays. So I have to turn subtitles on. And like there's like the ambient sounds, like of birds and wind and stuff. But all the player all the characters are modes are moving and aren't saying any like there's no sound which is funny and it happened in brotherhood and it happened in rogue when i played it and apparently you have to just like try and delete your save and then restart and it might work and i'm not doing that so that was actually a really noticeable hiccup at the game but as far as like playing them they've like since two to I guess Unity played exactly the same almost. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you want to like run up walls and then eject backwards and die by accident or collect 10 million little dots all around the map, it does that. It does that very well. Um, I don't like the RPG stuff, but I get why they had to, they had to shake it up in a big way because it was, it was getting stale Yeah, and they had to bounce back after Unity's kind of, I wouldn't say disastrous launch, but not great launch and injecting all that RPG stuff. Definitely like a bunch of people I know who were down on the series by that point, jump back in. So the RPG stuff worked. I don't, I don't like it. And I think Valhalla and from what they've said, they, they've said a couple things peaked my ears. I like the base building. I like that assassin missions are actually assassin missions. Again, I'll run up to somebody and shove my, foot and a half of steel into their chest and they'll actually die instead of losing a chunk of their health and getting up and fighting me. <laughs> I think that I think that they they again, I want to see someone play it in front of me before I believe it looks nearly as good as any of these trailers. But I'm cautiously optimistic, I'll say. Yeah, true. Uh, what what did you think of the gameplay trailer? Uh I'm down with it. it 
I kind of like some of the tweaks they're doing. Apparently there's no side quests. It's just sort of like the exploring stuff that you'll kind of come across. Um, and I liked, I liked the raiding stuff. I thought it was cool. Because, like, Viking... This is, like, the first time that you're actually part of, like, a big team. Like, you're Viking with, like, a huge, like, this boat or whatever. And all the other times when that was true, like, they just kind of chilled on the boat and didn't really do anything for you. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of, like, raiding these, like, villages and, or these, like, castles and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Are they going to touch any of, like... Because the Vikings were... Oh, they're awful. Oh, yeah. They're horrible. Like, yeah. They're, they're, gonna, they're not going to touch any of that, are they? I highly doubt it. Um, yeah. I mean... Yeah, they would like rape their victims and and stuff. Yeah. So like, they're they're brutal. I mean, this is we're talking like, you know, fucking. It's the Dark Ages for a reason. Thousands of years ago, like, well, like a thousand years ago. It's like the twelve hundreds or thirteen hundreds, right? Because it's like it was, the Saxons in England. Mm, yeah, I was thinking more two hundred, three hundred, uh, AD. But I no, don't know. We we can we can. I'm pretty sure it's like this. I might be wrong, but either way, a long ass time ago. So, um, I doubt they'll touch up on that stuff at all. Okay, it, it takes place from 793 to 1066 AD. Oh, the Dark Ages does. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like SS Creed Valhalla, and I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's just, it's within that uh, period. Yeah, true. So I liked what I saw. Yeah, I mean, it'd be normally it'd be a game that I'd be pretty interested in. Like, it looks. It looks dope. Um, like like you said, I think I want to actually see someone playing it before yeah. I kind of believe all this stuff, that this is just isn't just running on some, like, max setting PC or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it looked it looked pretty cool. Uh, again, it's just the same with everything else. Ubisoft just, like, they have this, or- this crappy aura surrounding them that's just mm-hmm. kind of, like, meh. Um, so... I don't know, but everything I saw of Assassin's Creed Valhalla is probably of the three the three major games. I mean, they didn't really show Far Cry, but the three major games, like probably the one I'd be most excited for. Ah, uh, you mean Far Cry? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Actually, I would take that. Well, back. speaking of Far Cry, Steve, because <laughs> they did the classic one more thing, and it was the leaked, previously leaked Far Cry Six, starring my man Gus from Breaking Bad. Uh, in a in a cinematic trailer that's essentially child abuse, I think it's fair to say he takes his son up onto the roof and is like giving him this grand monologue about <laughs> people and the only thing there's there's only two things keeping this island together like a grenade. There's the people and you and me. And then he like pulls the pin out of a grenade in his hand, his son's <laughs> hand, and like forces him to drop it into a crowd of protesters. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude! That was so dark. Like I know. <laughs> like also, again, the imagery of police in riot gear and dropping grenades on unarmed protesters. I know. It's not like well, there's. Unarmed, it's not like there's quote. been a shit ton of protests over the last year or anything like that with Hong Kong and Black Lives Matters and all that stuff. Like Jesus Holy Christ, shit, dude. <laughs> this is yeah. I'm just yeah. From from we didn't get any gameplay, just this trailer. Uh, you can pre-order to get the the to, dog, the dog <laughs> with a wheelchair and the lo- discos locos gun, uh, which all the Spanish people on my timeline were making fun of both of those because discos locos. There's like this is like something you would give American tourists as a name for like a toy to gift shop, and apparently the dog's name translate is because people are tweeting, tweeting out like would any English people just name their their dog like beef or like 
like any like type of just food that is just commonly used elsewhere because apparently that name just translates to that and they're like no one would name their dog this and so the, when the Spanish people on the timeline are are picking something apart I tend to trust that and I also tend to trust that not a lot of attention went into the pre-order bonuses but they all are also the thing everyone makes fun of yeah um I, I, so I like Far Cry 5. I thought the Far Cry 5 was actually like the best one. Um, I didn't really get into 4 that much, although I did beat it. And then 3 I played late. I didn't play 3 until like the remaster came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked 5. I'm excited for 6. But again, just you know, not to kind of be a broken record, it's just the whole aura around Ubisoft right now. It just kind of makes me just be like, eh. But... I really dig Far Cry, and yeah, it's like it's inspired by Cuba. Like, then just say you're gaming Cuba, you fucking cowards. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Cuba uh, has a pretty huge history of uh, revolutions and and uh, you and know, dictators, dictators with big cigars in their mouths. Yeah, it's like you're not like I don't understand. Like, what's the point of saying the basically just mimic it and then say it's inspired and then just have it completely different so you don't piss off Cubans who will, who won't buy your game anyways like I don't just uh, anyways but um yeah it I I mean I'm sure it'll be dope we didn't really see any gameplay or anything like that though so no it'll be the thing but like kind of like I mean I guess I'll save this slot for NBA 2k because it's kind of the thing but the whole like microtransaction stuff I guess I'll just save that but um, you know, I'm I'm cautiously as optimistic about Far Cry Six. Like, I like it, but again, with everything with Ubisoft, like they're just the company is just such a mess from like all the way up that they got to sort that shit out f- to convince me that I want to like support them, which is a really mm-hmm. shitty stance to have because I know people who have worked on these games. We know people at Ubisoft Toronto, etc. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a thousand people are working on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, probably more. Mm-hmm. Like. It sucks Definitely that like more. yeah, it sucks that like the actions of all like, their work is going to be have this aura around it, like you said, because of some yeah. bad actors. It's kind of like Jason Trier had this like tweet that I just remember quite a bit, where it's like when Star Wars Battlefront Two was coming out, and he tweets something like, you know, you worked so hard on probably your dream project because it's Star Wars, and you're so excited, and then everyone just gets up in arms about loot boxes, and I'm like, damn, it's kind of true, like fucking the guy who's just like making cape physics or something like doesn't care about the loot boxes and he just like wants to show off his dope work of like mm-hmm. physics or something and everyone just focuses on like the really bad stuff so i'm trying to keep that in mind as well but there, there's another tweet that I, i've been thinking about um i want to find it so i don't mess it up but um it, it was something i was i was quick to do too because when you're when you're when you're talking about the the politics of these games like i said um it's quick it's you're quick to shit on the writers or the people conceiving of this world right and yeah. so jana sloan van geest at jana makes games uh, i think a former writer on assassin's creed origins um i was responding to a tweet that read every far cry game sets itself up as the interrogation of the villain's warped philosophy and every time it becomes clear upon its release that the writers had no clue how to do that and she responded, no, they know, they just weren't allowed. It's very frustrating to see people assuming that a game's story says nothing meaningful because its writers had nothing meaningful to say. Mm-hmm. And I like to think about that every time I get really, you know, fired up about the tone deafness of Watch Dogs Legion's marketing material. And probably a lot of the developers had nothing to do with that. It's a whole separate thing that, the, I bet, like, no one wants to make a bad game or a game 
they don't believe in or whatever. It's just like the politics of these companies and the marketing and the having to stay political to for whatever reason just eventually just dilutes and chips away at the vision writers and artists and designers have for this game until it's something that Ubisoft's comfortable thumping millions of dollars into, you know? Yeah, like all these all the end all the beginnings of these Far Cry games are like always way better than how it like flushes out. Like the intros and stuff of like of them introducing the the uh, enemies like Far Cry Five when you go to the church mm-hmm. or whatever, Far Cry Four when you're in the guy's house, like should st- and Far Cry Three when the guy tells you about all the I forget the quotes and shit like the definition of insanity. Like it's always so dope, and then I then I feel like that's when like people step in, be like, all right, you had your little beginning, like now, you know what's more important here is that uh, you stretch this game out and add this side quest so that people don't trade it in like a week after it comes out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets diluted, I think. Yeah, and they they closed it with that trailer. Um, it has a release date. It's February, February twenty. Yeah, late late February or something like that. Which I think it, it has a far- very soon really. February twenty twenty one. PS five, Xbox One, PS four, yeah, Xbox. And, and they said if X. you buy it on uh, PS four and Xbox One, it'll work on the next one or whatever. So good oh, for man. them. And I think that was the box art I saw where it shows like Xbox One and Xbox Series X and then it had like a big ugly sticker that said uh, like optimized for Series X or some shit. So, we'll see. Smart delivery. I don't know. That's it for the Ubisoft <laughs> Forward live stream. And I'm sorry there wasn't a Rayman. I'm sorry probably... Valiant Hearts 2 oh, was man. announced. Do you remember when Ubisoft made interesting games? I'm sorry uh, Child of Light wasn't 2 wasn't announced or something. Man, those EBR games are gold. You got your EA indie things. Yeah, EA's doing indies. PlayStation just launched their new indie page. Xbox has been on indies. ID at Xbox for years now. Everyone but Ubisoft is on board with interesting games. But that's okay. Interesting games are risky, and uh, risks aren't appealing to shareholders. So, with that, let's talk about what we've been playing, Steve. Uh, you finished The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. You restarted Last of Us Part 1. Uh, I didn't restart. I'm I'm very... I had a... So I was trying to, like, get all the collectibles and stuff in Last of Us 1. This is, like, three mm-hmm. years ago. And I missed one. And you know how, like, if you go through certain gates or whatever, it'll just, like, shut off the previous You just day. can't get back. Yeah, I did that, and I couldn't restart and stuff, so I just... I was like, fuck it. Um, but now, after being Last of Us 2, which I really loved... Um, and you know we won't spoil it or anything like that I just thought the ending was really just really bad to be perfectly honest um, I was just like okay I want a little bit more I want to play more but I don't want to like restart Last of Us 2 right away so I went back to Last of Us and I'm just going to like replay it on my Survivor Plus playthrough and just get those trophies and stuff and just replay that so I was pretty early on like I was with Tess still and then I got like a little bit farther in but I'm still I'm it's before Pittsburgh so I'm maybe only like 25% through um, but the game's still dope. Like I was controlling it, and I was just like, it, kinda, it controls a little bit different than Last of Us Two, but it's still like amazing. And Last of Us Two is still an amazing game too. But um, what else did I play? Uh, NBA. Oh yeah, so NBA Two K Twenty, free PS Plus game this month. Free PS Plus games along with Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider's a better game. Play that. Um, NBA Two K Twenty is like really good and i'm having a lot of fun the story is horrendously awful like it's <laughs> i i can't believe that they did this like 
it is so bad. The writing and dialogue and acting and everything about it is awful. Oh, no. And, like, such shameless shit. Like, they have him sitting, like, your guy sitting on the ground with, again, with um, another player. I forget who. I think Carl Anthony Towns, I think. And it's just like, what, you know, what have you had every, every sporting event since you're five? And, and the, <laughs> your guy's just like, Gatorade. Just like that's right. What's your flavor? It's like I love the blue crush blue, and I'm like, oh my god, like this is so. Oh no, Steve. It's so brutal, and there's so many cutscenes. It's so I I honestly I play it, and I'm like flabbergasted. I'm just like I can't believe this. The game itself is so good, and mm-hmm. I kind of like. I remember we had the discussion of Ubisoft and microtransactions and all the shit, and I was like, you could play Assassin's Creed Odyssey and never look at the store and never think that like the store had any impact on the gameplay. Like I really believe that I platinumed a lot of their games. So I stand by the fact that like you can play Far Cry Five or Assassin's Creed and like play it perfectly fine without needing to grind or anything like that just to get like the even though there's XP boosters. Mm-hmm. But I don't have that feeling in NBA two K twenty. And it's like I can see why people say this game is like so good. It's like a ten out of ten game, but like all this microtransaction shit just like ruins it and it's like obviously they just grind like they just gear you towards like trying to get uh V C like it's it's really it's so it's utterly disappointing. It's a literal slot machine, right? Uh, I haven't seen the slot machine actually. I don't know if that's still in the game. Hmm. But just I, everyth- I remember seeing like you pull it to get the 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 packs. Yeah, I I haven't got a random pack yet. I don't. I haven't played the my team stuff yet. I think that's where it is. Mm-hmm. But it's just like they just gear you towards it all the time, and like the big the screen that first pop up that comes up is like to pre order the next game, and. I just, it's just it's so annoying i'm like you guys have so you, much- you feel gross yeah it i'm just like fuck i wish i didn't like this game so much like it just it's really it's irritating like it's just straight up it's just irritating it's so annoying um i think you could do this stuff well without like impacting like how you feel about the game overall like i think ubisoft does a good job at how they do their microtransaction stuff and even like i played a lot of nhl 20 and i didn't even feel this way about it and that's ea um i don't know fifa and madden if they do it differently but nhl 20 has a lot of the shit too but it's not like shoved down your throat at every single waking moment like it's just annoying um but my guy got drafted by the toronto raptors though so i'm happy um <laughs> and then i did i did go back to tales from space on ps3 on ps now drink box uh studios joint so great game great yeah. game yeah awesome so i because i played i played it like just the first or second level to come PS3 and then never did and never again. But now I'm kind of trying to go back to it just to finish it up. Cause I played the Vita mm-hmm. one, but not the, not this first one. So are they different trophy lists? Yeah, I think, they're, I think it's a different game to be perfectly honest. Well, or there's maybe? tales from space and then mutant blobs. Wait, are there two different ones? There's, I think there's two different names, but I don't know. I haven't played them recently to know if it's like a different game or if it's like a sequel or whatever, but cause it, Okay, so the 2011 PS3 one was Tales from Space about a blob. That's one important. And then yeah. Tales from Space Mutant Blobs Attack is the Vita one, the Vita Windows 360, and mm. also PS3. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, so it's a sequel. It's a, it's a sequel. They okay, say. So, so I'm playing the sur- the first one then right now. Okay, um, on PS3. Yeah, and it's dope. It's fun. I mean, it's not as good as Guacamelee or anything like that, but it's still fun. Honestly, dude, the more I think about the the Drinkbox catalog, the more I think Severed is just probably the most interesting game they've done. 
I want them to go back to it. I would love for another like severed like a severed two or something like that. Not even like no, don't do a severed two. Do just something random with that art style, like a completely different genre, because that art style is it's it's the Guacamole art style very much, you know, in a in severed. But like, just do something weird like that, because severed sticks with me, and I remember it because of how interesting and different it was. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what they're working on in Guacamole two is like two years old at this point so they're making plays though they hired gabby dorenzo as one of their art, uh, artists directors or close to that yeah and uh i peeped during that game dev uh, paid me thing and and she's doing quite well there so they're doing quite well <laughs> as like a oh, starting Gu- position yeah guacamole <laughs> was huge so um yeah, but we haven't. I mean, we don't know what they're working on, right? It's been two years since Guacamole Two. You got to think whatever they're working on. Honestly, take your time. Take take three more years. Like, take take as much time as you you can afford to take because uh, it, it'll be special. Let's see, when did Guacamole Two actually come out? August twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yes. Like, so over two be coming up two two years next month. Yeah. So, um, so it's awesome. I also started downloading uh, some classic games on Vita, including Legend Dragoon, which is like a well, like a pretty cult classic for JRPG fans. Um, but I haven't played enough. Fans of, it. of the genre. Fans of the genre. So Legend Dragoon, because it's uh, Yoshida, Shida, Yo, wow, what's that guy's name? YoSP on Twitter. Uh, Shu Yoshida. Shu Yoshida. Uh, it's one of his games from back in the day. Who like worked on? Yeah, so I tweeted at him. Ooh. And he tweeted back to me. Enjoy. So, oh, I saw that. Yeah, he's great. I have a when when PS4 came out and they added the friends list to expansion. I got in as one of the like friend requests, but um, he hasn't accepted it yet because a bunch of people are like ah oh, his friend request thing is full, so it's just sitting there on his thing. He'll he'll get to it someday. I'm sure he listens to the show, so we'll so we'll make sure you know. I'm sure he'll add you after the show. Shuhei, I love you. I love indies. I want to talk to you. Um, yeah, if you ever want, if you ever want to get the deets on the Canadian game dev scene, hit me up. I used to tag him quite a bit because he was like a hidden character in, or a special character in um, Super Time Ultra Force on PS4. Mm-hmm. So I would tag him, and he would retweet and stuff, and I was always so happy because he has. Like, so oh, he's the lives. best. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, I love you. He's a, he was in the Devolver. Oh, we could talk about the Devolver thing. Um, they announced a new Canadian studio there, actually. Oh, did they? The Beans Team in Toronto. Uh, oh. They're working on a new Devolver exclusive game. Or Devolver published game, not exclusive. I was going to say, what does Devolver exclusive mean? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but the Beans team uh, is hiring, uh, too. They have a bunch of jobs on their site. They, they they made their site purposely like a late 90s garbage website with like comic sans and like mm. rotating word art. It's great. By the way, I did um, play uh, I did play some more 3,720 3, to 1 during this whole mm-hmm. show, and, and I enjoy it. It's good. You do you, it is yeah it's free it is just like a see how far you can go sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't play a whole lot this week. Steve was kind of busy. Um, I tried to restart Last of Us Two because I thought maybe I'll try and get the platinum before Ghost of Tsushima comes out this Friday, but I, I just couldn't muster the energy to play mm. through that again. Mm. Um, yeah. Do, do you think uh, what you, did I play? Do you think you'll platinum it or no? Like, do you need to take it? I just, it's one more play. Like, I, it's so not easy. Like, it's just like, I know what I have to do. I found a good guy. Just play through it. But I just don't care about the game. Yeah. Interesting. Like, I got to the, the open world area. And that is my favorite part of the game. And I really want to get through that. But everything past that, I'm like, 
holy moly, that's going to be a grind. Like, just... You don't even have to... so many people. <laughs> you wouldn't even have to beat the game. You could... Theoretically, you can get the last... Uh, last collectible. Yeah, whenever the last collectible is, that would yeah. be it. Which is probably in, but in the last Probably areas. in the last level. Yeah. So, yeah, I tried I tried to play that. Didn't really do that. What else did I do? <laughs> I played some Apex on PC with some friends. Got... Oh man, we got a really fun champ. We got a really fun win. Um, the game opened. We landed, and the person I was chasing jumped on a supply bin and turned around and accidentally opened it and crushed themselves against the wall. <laughs> so they just dropped, and their opponent was or their teammate was already down, and we were playing duos. So they, I was like, "Wait, what happened? I didn't shoot him. Where's the other? Like, we thought another squad shot him. We were like, I think he killed himself against the wall, and I like saved the footage, and he did. You can open a supply bin while you're sitting on it, and it crushes you and kills you against the wall, That's which amazing. I've never seen happen. But I want to, I want to see that. I, I clipped it. I'll send it to you. It's absurd. So that was the start of our game. We didn't see anyone else the whole game, and we just found so many drop um, like packages. So we both had double gold guns, gold body armor, and we were like fully kitted out. At the very end, we were just playing the edge of the ring, and then we saw the last two teams fight, and then we just both ran in with devotions and just obliterated them and got a win. It was the least deserved win ever. <laughs> it really, like, really, if you just position well and just get a gold gun and gold armor, like, you will probably win. <laughs> like, yeah. So the gold armor it, does seem a little like too strong. The red armor is, like or the red, even the red armor, yeah health stronger it's absurd yeah so i still like an apex very ready for cross play i think that'll re- rejuvenate the the game if you would um and i actually uh picked up uh, two games in the steam sale i checked out this week too disco elysium is a um really gorgeous watercolor not i don't know if it's watercolor it feels watercolor you know like it runs past where the line is you know yeah. that, that feeling and it's a it's a, like an adventure game but like the conversations you're having are like there's like um checks in the game where like depending on what you want to do it like it rolls dice or depending on your stats kind of like fallout so but the checks are against like your your different parts of your psyche so there's like your ecochemistry or whatever and it's like the your your inner chemistry is trying to like make you start pick up a cigarette or like drink or something and you're trying to like fight that you're you're like addiction almost or like um yeah it's weird like during your conversations with people while there's like you're also picking options like you will then have like an internal fight with yourself and it's it's hilarious it's really really funny just some really clever writing um it's it cleaned up at the game awards last year which is part of what inspired me to get it. And on stage, the developers were like, thank you to our teachers, Mark, Karl Marx and, and Engels. We appreciate you. I was like, oh, who are you? I want to play your game. <laughs> Don't they have, they have, um, didn't they also have like a poster of Stalin or something like that? On, I don't think so. I don't in, think so. And their Stalin studio? Wasn't, I could check, but I don't, don't put up a picture of Stalin. Uh, Yeah. Google Disco Elysium Stalin and you'll see a, a Reddit post. From from well, I mean, the Reddit post is from Kotaku in Action, which is like a terrible fucking subreddit. So I don't know. Keep, with a grain of salt. But anyways, I remember like... Oh, actually, no, never mind. Here's K- Kotaku. Oh, no, that's just Kotaku giving a shout out to Karl Marx. Anyways. I mean, Jordan Peterson has Stalin pictures on his wall too, so... <laughs> Does he really? They, they, oh, they like it for very different reasons, I think. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, Disco Elysium, brilliant writing, gorgeous game. 
and just a really weird thing I've never seen in a game where like part of this like checks and dialogue is against like your self control and it's like poking fun at your like psyche and stuff. Very yes. funny. I it's coming to PS4, um, so I have a kind of like you know I'd wish list if I fucking could. Stupid PlayStation, but uh, stupid PlayStation. But I, I've been keep. I have an eye on it because like the art is like pretty dope. So it is gorgeous. Like but, it's so pretty. Not because I'm communist like you. So I wouldn't say I'm a communist. Play the sound. I say I'm a social democrat. Um, but uh, in 2020, it's like whatever. If you're not centrist, you're a communist. <laughs> That's you're all e- I've been playing. You're either alt right, centrist, or communist. It's basically the the three political factions. Yeah, you're a normie, you're a communist, or you're a Nazi. I feel like that would make a good, uh, like a good civilization sort of um, three groups or whatever when you start off. Like the hyper polarized political yeah. spectrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Anyway, I haven't got a chance to play the, the communist anthem yet. Should I play it? Should I play it right here? Uh, <laughs> do we have a quota of you playing it once per episode or something? I just like listening to it. <laughs> sure thing, socialist democrat. Great song. My favorite um, TikTok lately is that you know the short Putin meme where like he they like squish the video and he walks around the corner and he's like da 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 da. It's like the Russian anthem. Like no, like, you and I have completely different TikTok. We do. We and I've actually like I think I've lucked out with how like tuned my algorithm is because like my friend Chris just got TikTok because I keep sending him TikToks. He was like, all these TikToks suck. Like I'm not like you're the ones you send me are funny and I'm like. I don't know, man. Just like I've been using it like almost since launch, and it's just like TikTok knows I just want really stupid, like physical comedy or like the the latest trend joke meme, and that's it, and that's all I get. And then like I, I open my girlfriend's TikTok, and it's like plant videos and like cooking and like cute pets. So like I don't know. I I, I think I have tuned my algorithm such a way where I get. A plus material. Yeah, that's fair. Like as far as like the ratio of like me laughing out loud to posts I see, whereas Facebook's probably like one in like two hundred, Twitter's maybe like one in a hundred, TikTok's like one in three or one in two. I'm like I, laughing at what's happening. I do still get a lot of funny ones, but they're just like they're baby centric or they're like Naruto centric or, or something like that. So I, I like my algorithm. It's just you and I have completely different algorithms. Some old That's man. okay. I'll keep sending the TikToks to you through Messenger no, and the stop. Facebook memes to you through TikTok. Oh uh, that's a good place to wrap it up, Steve. What do you think? I'm down. Yeah, I got. Uh, I, I, I want to do a Last of Us spoiler cast sometime. Maybe just like 20 minutes. We'll throw it up in the it's, feed as a bonus. It's not even a Canadian game, though. We shouldn't do a spoiler cast for games. I found okay. I have three Canadian developers at Naughty Dog. I have their emails, and I was going to send out like interview requests. Let's do. Maybe let's do a spoiler cast of that and then another, a, a, an actual Canadian game. A dual spoiler cast feature? Yeah. Just so that we, we gotta can... find a game we both want to play and both care about the ending of the story. Mm. Mm. Well, well, we'll see. If it, if it naturally comes up, we'll do it. Otherwise, we won't force it. Yeah. I do have things to say about Last of Us 2. It's just... Actually, maybe we should just like talk about it like friends instead of looking for content, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have been. We've messaged each other on Discord. We have, we have. Um... Yeah, and I I think we've been talking about it in the Discord of it too. What site? Which site should we? Uh, do we want to do content for it? KingGameDevs.com. There you go. That's it for this episode number one fifty. 
of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us keep the site running, covering the Canadian game dev scene, you, yes you, dear listener, can support us over at Patreon.com slash CanadianGameDevs, where backing us gets you early access to the show, special channel on our Discord, and if you back us at higher than a dollar a month, we'll put your name at the end of the credits, like these folks, Aaron McLeod, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel, Gene Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Graph Metal, Kai Hutchins, M5 Games, Nicholas A. Zarco, Nav from Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, Slaughter Neko, congrats on over $1,000 for the Runt Kickstarter, and Stacy H. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Uh, we'd love your feedback. Um, or you can email us if you're not on Apple. Contact at CanadianGameDevs.com. That's it for me. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Riley. It's like S-T-E-P-H-A-N-R-E-I-L-L-Y. I, I post my pro-socialist propaganda and hot, spicy Ubisoft takes on there. Um, you can find me on Instagram, too, at Stephen Riley. I don't do anything political on there, really, because it's just pictures of me doing shit. Your Facebook, though. Oh, man, I, I love it. Like, once or twice a week, someone messages me because they're upset about something I posted, and that's how I can tell I posted a good one. That, to be fair, you posted the greatest thing I've seen a long time on Facebook. <laughs> so it's, it's, the, <laughs> it's the arm meme for people at home. Visual, you know the arm meme where, like, it's a huge swole white arm and a huge swole black arm, and they're oh, like, yeah. grabbing each other? And the middle above the fists is <laughs> mistaking something as a date, and then the one arm is Excel and the one arm is incel. <laughs> I showed Heather that we just both like cried Holy laughing. It was so good. Amazing. Shit. Amazing. <laughs> Such a good meme, dude. So, yeah, if you want content like that, <laughs> add me on Facebook, <laughs> Stephen Riley. I, 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 I waste my good content on Facebook. I should just post it on Twitter. <sighs> anyway, where can people find you on the internet, Steve? Uh, Stephen O'Crane and CanadianGameDevs.com is where I want you to go, though. Don't worry about my stupid Twitter. Don't worry about stupid Twitter. At Canada Game Devs on Twitter. We couldn't get Canadian Game Devs. It's oh, yeah, that's right. And we have Canadian Game Devs. But we're at TikTok. Canadian Game Devs and everything else. We got some hot new graphics on YouTube, Steve. Do you like the new end screen I put oh, in? I love it. I think it I looks good. I think it's pretty amateur. Like, it doesn't quite fit the boxes as well as I would have liked, but we're going to roll with it. You got to render this video on time, by the way. I do. It will be done. It was a day late last week, but on time the week before. It's just a matter of, for people who don't know, the the program we use to make the cool audio bars on our YouTube version of our podcast, uh, you have to put it through After Effects and then add that to the media encoder. And depending on how long the episode is, like this one's, oh and this one's like an hour forty, so that's going to take like six to seven hours. So I like right before I go to bed Tuesday night, I start the render, just turn my monitor off, leave my computer running, and it's done by the time I get up and I can post it on YouTube. Because holy shit, I don't know, maybe I just need more RAM or something. It's takes forever maybe if you calm down on the ubisoft hot takes it wouldn't take so long that's probably what's eating up all the space it's all my negative energy we need to inject good vibes into the podcast i hear my baby crying still so i I should uh i should log off and we should be dad steve and you dear listener go enjoy your week we'll talk to you next week goodbye bye